What's up and welcome to Ask Father Josh, the podcast where I get to uh, listen to your questions, pray with them, and then hopefully respond in such a way that is helpful for you and your walk toward eternity and your walk toward becoming the particular saint that God our Father desires for you to be. Uh, here's how the show goes. You hit me up with questions dealing with anything and everything from morality to spirituality, apologetics, discipleship, evangelization, catechesis, uh, relationship advice, whatever. And I'll spend time with your questions and then hopefully respond in such a way that is helpful for you in your walk toward eternity. I cannot promise you that my advice will be good for you, but I can promise you that uh, I will pray before I give you advice. If my advice is not helpful for you, then I really want to encourage you to reject it. Whatever I say that is not helpful for you to become a saint, throw it in the trash. But if my advice is helpful for you in your walk toward eternity, then even if it's difficult, I really want to encourage you to lean into Jesus Christ so that he can give you the grace to fulfill the demands of discipleship. Please hit me up with your questions at askfatherjosh at assistantpress.com and also rate and review us on iTunes so that other people can find out about the show. If the show is a gift for you, then potentially it can become a gift for them as well. On today's show, we're going to talk about aliens, right? This is crazy. I've never thought about the question that was asked to me about aliens. So if you want to know about aliens and the church's stance on aliens and whether or not they have souls, stay tuned. And we're also going to talk about anger and the difference between righteous anger and sinful anger and, and what's appropriate. Uh, and finally, we're going to talk about Holy Week and how can I prayerfully enter into this season, the most holiest season of the year. Uh, but before we get jumping into those questions, I have a glory story that I would like to share with you. So my glory story today comes from just time spent in prayer. And oh man, y'all, I'm so, ah, oh, it is so hard to uh, just, y'all know the struggle. The struggle to be holy is real. And it's so, it's so hard. It's so difficult. And, and Lent is about to be over. We're entering into Holy Week. And I got to be honest with you, it has been such a struggle you know, typically when I go into Lent, I come up with these, these massive plans to show Jesus how much I love him. And this year, I recognized my limitations and I was like, okay, Jesus, I'm going to be super simple. I'm going to be super simple with my my prayer and my fasting and everything. And I, y'all, I still, <laughs> I still did just an okay job. And um, I I wasn't perfect, which none of us are perfect, right? Jesus is perfect. Yeah, and it just, I just recognize, like, in, during this Lent, how how weak I am and how difficult it is to be faithful to even the smallest of things for the Lord. And so that that's definitely been a struggle of mine. But in the midst of it, in praying with that, I was drawn to just the disciples and how weak they were and how um, they gave up on Jesus. You know, how they did not come through when it mattered, but how Jesus did not give up on them. And I was brought, brought to this realization that even though I've failed my Lord and Savior in so many ways in my fasting and in my prayer, how he still would not give up on me. And I was praying this morning with that song Reckless by Corey. I don't know if his name is Asbury or Asbury or As Somebody. And uh, it's just such a beautiful song. And he was singing, wait, uh, how does it go? Oh, the overwhelming, ever-ending, reckless love of God. I don't deserve, I couldn't something earn it. Still you give yourself away. Before I spoke a word, man, this song goes hard. I was praying with this song and just realizing how 
how God just loves me through and through. And then I was praying with this selection from this book called Insinu Yezu. It's When Heart Speaks to Heart, the Journal of a Priest at Prayer by Benedictine Monk. And I was praying with one of his reflections from Thursday, uh, because obviously Thursday is the day that Jesus Christ instituted the Eucharist at the Last Supper, and Holy Thursday is coming up. And so I just want to read to you what I, what I read and pray with and, and how beautiful it was. He says this, that the priest was unable to go before the Blessed Sacrament for his Holy Hour of Adoration and reparation, so he did it at home. This is what Jesus said to him, supposedly, right? Allegedly. Uh, and if he did say it, I think it's pretty cool. If he didn't, then whatever. It still sounds pretty cool. I would have you kneel before your brother priests to wash their feet. I would have you minister to them in their weaknesses, in their brokenness, and in the shame that too often weighs upon their shoulders, causing them to stoop towards earthly things. I would have you speak to them words of comfort, encourage them, bless them, and assist them with the gifts that I have placed in you for their sakes. Let no priest leave you without receiving a word of consolation and a blessing. Through you, I will give them a new heart and a new spirit. That is to say, I will infuse in them a desire for holiness, a new and fresh love for me and for my church. None of this would be your doing. I will act through you. Humble yourself in my presence. Give me your sins. Tell me that you trust in my merciful love for you, and I will make you the instrument of my love for them. Despise not one of them. See in each and every priest my own features traced in his soul by the Holy Spirit on the day of his ordination. Express reverence for your brother priest. Avoid the familiarity that will impede my ability to work through you. When a priest is too familiar ministering to souls, he takes the place that belongs to me and to no other. He makes himself the point of attraction and steals my glory for his own sanctification. Satisfaction. Do not look for personal comfort or for the satisfaction of your own needs in serving my priest. Seek only my face and love with my wounded heart. I will give you a profound reverence for your brother priest. This of itself would touch their vulnerability in such a way as to give them a sense of their own supernatural dignity. Those words pierce my heart because I just recognize that, Lord, um, I'm so broken and I'm so imperfect and I, and I can just be so um, harsh with my brother priest at times, right? And that's just not good because I'm supposed to reverence these these men whom whom you, Jesus, have, have invited to participate in your sacramental ministry. And so, yeah, this Lent, I've become so aware of the room for growth that the Lord desires for me to experience in my walk toward eternity. Um, but I do recognize that that he's patient. He's a patient, good father. And that just as he's, he's patient with me in my brokenness and not in my ability to not fulfill um, my own Lenten penances in, in, on some occasions, that he is also patient with you. And he is still calling you and I to become saints. So if you struggle this Lent, this Lenten season, then do not be disheartened. Do not give up because he will not give up on you. He will not give up on me. He is still calling us to become saints. Speaking of saints, on August 17th, as a Saturday, my parish, Our Lady of the Holy Rosary Catholic Church, will be hosting a day of reflection for the black Catholic saints. There are six African-Americans in North America who are currently on the road to canonization. Honorette DeLille, Mother Honorette DeLille, Mother Mary Lange, Pierre Toussaint, Father Augustus Tolton, Sister Thea Bowman, and Julie Greeley. And uh, this would be a first for North America. We have no current African-American saints in North America. And so my parish is actually hosting an event. It's called A Day of Reflection for the Black Catholic Saints. Um, and so we want to encourage you, if you want to come to that, uh, you can you can certainly begin registration, I think, next month through the Diocese of Baton Rouge. 
And uh, but it's free. It's free. So definitely come. We're gonna have adoration. We're gonna have awesome talks. We're gonna have breakout sessions. We're gonna have mass and uh, the rosary. It's gonna be super beautiful. So just like they are on the road to being saints, that's what we are called to become one day in our walk toward eternity. So don't set up a sin and be a saint. Before we get into today's questions, I have two follow-up feedbacks from previous episodes. First one comes in from David or David, depending on where you're from. Like they say Target, some people say Target, depends on how sedity you are. So David or David wrote this. I want to thank you so much for the show. I fell away from the church for many years, but have been recently feeling the need to come back. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Your show has helped me so much in restoring my faith, and for the first time in years, I've been praying and looking to Jesus, shout out to my Savior, for guidance. Thank you so much for what you've done. Praise God, David. I'm uh, super grateful that God has allowed me, this very broken priest, to be used by him to walk with you toward eternity. And finally, we have a feedback that comes in from Debbie. Debbie, I like that name, Debbie. Uh, Debbie reminds me of little Debbie cakes. Debbie cakes is what I used to eat when I was heavy on carbs. Uh, Debbie says this, Dear Father Josh, I just listened to your interview with Jeff Cavins and his glory story, which stopped me in my tracks. Having suffered the loss of a 14-year-old daughter to acute illness years ago, the story of Lucy brought tears to my eyes as well. I understand her. Can you please tell me what book on suffering Jeff wrote? Thank you, Father, for your podcast. It reaches across all generations and may God bless your ministry. Well, first of all, Debbie, I just want to say that um, you are a gift, and um, and I'm so grateful that um, Lucy's story um, also touched your life as well. Lucy is one of our, our just most amazing disciples here at Holy Rosary, and she's been used by God to help me. <laughs> Help me, and uh, and so I'm, I'm grateful that that her story um, has has in a sense helped you as well. The book Jeff Cavins wrote is called "When You Suffer: Biblical Keys for Hope and Understanding," and it is so amazing that uh, not only has it affected Lucy, but I've been walking with a number of parishioners who are currently reading it, who are encountering Jesus in a new way in this season of their lives. Um, and so it is a great book. It is a great gift. And it was definitely inspired by the Holy Spirit. So I hope you enjoy that book. Jeff is a, a phenomenal disciple that I'm grateful to call my friend. And so, yeah. So God bless you, Debbie. I am praying for you so much. And I hope that Jeff's book is a gift for you. And I can guarantee you one thing. My friend Lucy, uh, once she hears this podcast, she's going to be praying with you and for you as well. So y'all can walk with each other toward um, Jesus now and for all eternity. All right. On to today's show. Okay, so our first question comes in from Paul. Paul, I like that name. Paul, it's like St. Paul, 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 Paul. Uh, <laughs> Paul, Paul, Paul. Paul writes this. Hi, Father Josh, my name is Paul. I love Paul. You say the name of Paul, Paul, Paul. Yeah, Paul, Paul, Paul. <laughs> I am so sorry. I had too much coffee this morning. I love how you always admit that you are not perfect. Yeah, yeah, I, I got to admit it, right? Because it's true. And can always improve yourself. There's always room for growth, brother. So my question is about how do you discern whether your anger is righteous or not? Righteous anger. Um, a little backstory. I feel like I've been unjustly judged. And while I'm not acting on my feelings, I am wondering if what I'm feeling could be righteous. Paul. All right, Paul. Great question, because as you know, the word of God makes it very clear to us that not all anger is is bad, right? Some some anger is righteous. Some anger is sinful, though, for sure. Um, but 
all anger cannot be sinful because Jesus Christ, our Savior, manifested righteous anger um, whenever he flipped over tables in the temple, whenever people were doing something unjust with regards to worship, which is something that is super important to God from all salvation history's point of view. Jesus had to manifest righteous anger, and he manifested this righteous anger about worship, right worship, of course, because he was concerned with the people who were committing a sin by preventing people from being able to worship God in an appropriate manner. And so his anger was more so about the other person's conversion of heart. He manifested anger for the good of the other. God's anger is always always for someone else's sake, for someone else's salvation. God's anger is not uh, because of his own like sake, but because of our sake, right? He manifests it because he says, you're doing something that's not good, right? Like if a parent uh, sees a kid bringing uh, another kid to the fireplace, the parent might manifest righteous anger because it's not good for an older sibling to bring their younger sibling close to fire that could potentially burn them, right? So it's always for the other. So for your discernment, the question would be, is my anger about myself or is it about the other person? So if someone at your work is unjustly judging you, um, then the discernment question would be, am I angry because I don't want them to be in sin? For what they are doing, or is because um, I'm concerned with the opinions of others, right? In the litany of humility, we pray to God to, to free us from being concerned with what other people think about us. We should, as disciples of Christ, only be concerned with who we are in God's eyes. That's why a daily prayer that I, I now recite is, God, help me to see myself the way that you see me. God, help me to love myself the way that you love me. That way, I'm not so concerned with the opinions of other people because the opinions of other people are passing, right? They're going to pass away just like other people will pass away. And so we want to make sure that we're not too focused on what other people think about us. But if what someone is thinking about us is is sinful because it's it's a lie and, and potentially they are spreading that lie, then yes, righteous anger would be appropriate insofar as it was manifested in a way that cause you to A, pray for that person, B, fast for that person, and C, confront that person to call them to holiness, to not allow them to remain in their sin. So righteous anger ultimately should bring about unity. Uh, Sinful anger fosters division. Sinful anger causes us to give them the silent retreatment, the silent treatment. Sinful anger causes us to bring about disunity in the body of Christ or just in the body of our workplace, right? Disunity is not of the Lord. Jesus Christ prayed in John 17, Father, I desire that all may be one. He wants us to be one. And so if we are to experience a righteous anger, which can be a good thing, it is only so that we foster unity. We bring everyone into one accord with the Lord Jesus Christ. So I want to encourage you to discern the fruits. Is your anger causing you to brood? Because 1 Corinthians 13, 4-7, St. Paul says love does not brood. So if you're brooding, that's that's not good anger. Um, is your anger causing you to be unkind to the person that you are um, experiencing that anger toward? Well, then that's not a spirit of, the, of Christ, not, not a fruit of the Holy Spirit. Is your anger calling you to be jealous of other people? Right Again, I discern by the fruits of the Spirit, discern by love as manifested in God. You are the body of Christ. And so therefore, you're called to to manifest Jesus today. Jesus is the same yesterday and today. So the way he responded yesterday is the way he's calling you to respond today. So how did Jesus respond when people unjustly judged him? Insert the scripture here. Pray with the word of God. Lean into Jesus and then respond as the body of Christ today, the way he would have responded then, because you are the body of Christ. 
And so you want to discern by the fruits. If the fruits bring about conversion in the other person, if the fruits cause you to pray more, praise Jesus Christ. I, I, I re- recently, I almost, I was experiencing righteous anger because of something unjust that happened. And I began to pray a rosary. And as I prayed my rosary, I was drawn to Jesus. And I was like, oh, wait a minute, Jesus, how did you respond? Oh, yeah, that's right. You said, peace be with you. And you lean into those people who were, um, who were gossiping about you. Remember, Jesus Christ was... He was crucified between two thieves, not between two beautiful golden candlesticks. And so he leaned into people who were gossiping and and murmuring and shouting at him. And one of them had a conversion. And so that really inspired me to lean into somebody who was being unjust toward me. And that person, by the grace of God, has since had a conversion. Um, So I saw the fruit of my righteous anger that brought me to prayer, which brought me to lean into this person even more, which brought them to have a deeper conversion and me as well. Um, So discern by the fruits of the Spirit discerned by the fruits of the Spirit, whether or not your anger is righteous or unrighteous. I like that word, righteous. Um, and finally, just think about evangelization. Because my charism is evangelization, I always think about everything um, with regard to this, this particular charism. And um, how can I share the joy of the gospel if I'm walking around um, with with anger that is sinful? I really can't. We, nobody likes to be around angry people. If you're angry all the time, people are going to say, I don't want to be a Christian if that's what a Christian looks like. I had a friend of mine who she was very angry for a long time just about everything. And this girl, like she is a disciple, right? And But she was always angry. And so she actually pushed people away from the faith because people who had not had a conversion yet saw her and they're like, oh man, that's the holy girl. She wears a chapel veil. She's at mass, daily mass. And yet she's always mad all the time. I definitely don't want to be mad all the time. So I'm not going to go to her church. And so her anger was a barrier for people to become Christians. So keep in mind, um, your anger, if it's righteous, it will bring about unity. It will draw you and others closer to Jesus the Christ. So hopefully uh, that was helpful for you. Let me know. If you have any other additional advice, uh, then uh, hit me up at AskFatherJosh at AscensionPress.com and let a brother know. Our next question comes in uh, from Renee. Renee, uh, Renee asked this about Holy Week, and uh, um, this is a great question because Holy Week is this week, y'all. We are in Holy Week. This uh, episode will air on Holy Week, and so if you're listening to it now, uh, Happy Holy Week. It's the most holiest time of the year. Hey, we'll be te- Wait, hold up. Mm-mm. Nope, 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 nope. Not even going to go there. See, that's what happens when I try to freestyle a song. I don't know what's going to come out. My very first time ever freestyling on stage, it was not good. It was not good at all. I ended up saying some things that I regretted. So Holy Spirit was definitely not inspiring me to freestyle that day for sure. So she writes this. Renee says, hi, Father Josh. Renee here, big fan. How would you suggest I prepare for Holy Week? And how should I be acting from Holy Thursday till Easter? Do I need to be doing anything differently than from the rest of Lent? Thank you so much, Father Josh. You are such a beautiful soul. Thank you so much, Renee. Um, uh, That means a lot to me uh, that you think my soul is beautiful. I've never seen my soul, but uh, my soul is very grateful. My soul is edified. I'm just messing with you. So yeah, uh, Holy Week is just that, the most holy time of the year. And so how should we pray for Holy Week? Well, I've been uh, pondering your question, and as we're speaking right now, my RCIE team is on a Holy Week retreat, which is super beautiful, and uh, I also have been spending time with Father Mike Schmitz, not in person, but uh, like many of you probably do, uh, on the YouTube, and so uh, Father Mike Schmitz, my buddy, who I'm honored to call a friend, a brother in Christ, uh, he is 
a very holy priest uh, who I pray for daily and um, I'm just grateful for. And so he actually addressed this question on one of his Ascension Presents YouTube podcast videos. And I'm going to share with you something that he shared about Holy Week that he received from a Franciscan sister of the Eucharist, the Holy Eucharist, um, from up there where he's from. And it's uh, in his video he shared, what she shared with him. So I'm going to share with you what he shared, what she shared with him. Hopefully that made sense. But before I share with you what she shared with him, what he shared with us, I'm going to tell you a little funny story about the Franciscan sisters of the Eucharist. Um, so years ago, I was at the Sikh retreat and I was hanging out. Uh, I was my first year as a priest, and it was, I think, uh, it was, friend, it was it Seek 2015, January, and I took my college students to Seek, and it was awesome. It was great, and uh, yeah, Seek is awesome. If you've never been to Seek and you're a college student, definitely go. I got to speak at Seek in 2017, and it was such a blast. Those people are so prayerful and anointed. It's not even funny, so um, shout out to Seek, uh, but uh, in 2015, I went to Seek with my, my students, and I was having coffee with some of them. Actually, I was having coffee with my campus minister. And I was throwing some shade at her, like just joking. And this nun came up and the nun did not know that I knew my campus minister and that I was joking. And so she started throwing shade at me. And she was like, who do you think you are, huh? And I was like, hold up, sister. Way to check a priest, right? And so she was just super sassy. She was Sister Mary Sassy uh, in the Eucharist. And uh, <laughs> she was so funny. But as we began to talk, she's like, oh, you're a campus minister. And I was like, yeah. And she was like, how long have you been a priest? And I was like, yeah, like six months. And she said, uh, and you're at LSU. And so she was just really concerned for my priesthood. And she's like, yo, like, I, I just want to make sure that you don't, like, you don't lose your priesthood with some of those young girls on campus. And she was speaking, like, so blunt. It wasn't even funny. And so I had the time of my life just talking with her. And she was giving me some very practical advice on how to protect my vocation and the vocations of, of other people around me and, and how to like with boundaries walk with people toward eternity and but she was funny the whole time she was giving me advice she was telling me funny stories but she was super sassy and she was a franciscan sister of the eucharist and so if you are discerning a franciscan community who i love the franciscans by the way i definitely think you should check them out because at least one sister in that community is super sassy and uh, i think she might uh she might be a gift for you as she definitely was for me. And she gave me some very good advice that it's still funny, but it was very practical. So shout out to that sister um, who I met at Seek back in 2015. But this is what one of the sisters shared with Father Mike that he shared with YouTube that I've received from YouTube that I'm going to share with you on Ask Father Josh. I'm going to share with you um, some of their insights that I'm going to give you some of mine. And so now that we're in Holy Week, by the time you hear this episode, it's going to be Tuesday. So we're going to focus on Wednesday. How do I begin to pray, not just on Holy Thursday, but the day before Holy Thursday? And so what the Franciscan community does is they actually pray every day. Like they start on Holy Saturday um, and then they go all the way through. Um, I mean, they start on Palm Sunday and then they go all the way through um, Easter. And so on Wednesday, the day before Holy Thursday, they call that day the day of aloneness. And so if you're hearing this podcast on Tuesday, then tomorrow's Wednesday. So today, prepare your heart for tomorrow. So when you have your prayer time tomorrow, I would highly encourage you to spend time with the day of aloneness Wednesday. Uh, this day is, is not just Jesus' aloneness knowing that the next day he was going to give everything when he was arrested um, and he was going to be alone, right? Um, but Judas is aloneness as well. On this day, the sisters pray with Judas, observing the actions of Judas, knowing that what he was going to do on that day in the middle of the week um, was a sin. And anytime we sin, there's an isolation. There's an aloneness that we experience from our community. Um, so what we can do 
tomorrow on Wednesday, or today on Wednesday, if you're hearing the podcast on Wednesday, is we can spend that time walking with Jesus in his aloneness as all the disciples uh, abandoned him. Um, Or we could spend the day observing Judas and learning from his mistake what we should not do um, and how we should not be alone, isolating ourselves from the community and our walk toward eternity. Um, and then the next day is, of course, Holy Thursday. They call this day uh, the day that the body is given. And so they reflect on how Jesus Christ not only gave his body to the guards in the Garden of Gethsemane, but how he gave himself in the Eucharist. And so I want to encourage you to go a little bit to, to, to pray with it this way as well. On Holy Thursday, reflect on how Jesus knew how he knew the disciples were all going to abandon him, how he told Peter, you're going to deny me three times, and he still made a gift of himself to Peter and to the disciples. And many of us walk with people who we know are, um, what's the word, uh, fickle, maybe? And we know that they probably won't come do come through, and, and we're still called to make a gift of ourselves to them. And so on Holy Thursday, I want to encourage you to lean into Jesus, giving his body over to a group of people who he knew eventually would betray him and hurt him, and how we're called to do the same as disciples. We're called to give 100%, even if the other person only gives us 10%, and specifically for spouses, if you're married. Um, typically, most married couples I've walked with, they're never on the same page as 100%, 100% giving. They might go through a season where they're both giving 100%, but then there is other seasons where one's given 100, the other person's given five. If the other person in your marriage is only giving 5%, you're still called to give 100, right? Jesus Christ gave 100% to the apostles, even whenever they were fickle, even whenever they were sketchy, even whenever they did not come through, he always came through. And so on Holy Thursday, maybe I would encourage you to, to lean into Jesus, making a gift of himself to, to us, knowing that we would not always make a gift of ourselves to him. On Good Friday, um, in the Triduum, um, they call it, uh, they call this day, um, Good Friday is Impotence Friday, um, because it's the all-powerful God made himself powerless. But they also call it There Is No Law Friday, because uh, they say that there's no law if you can kill your God. Um, and Father Mike has a great reflection on that on YouTube, so if you want to hear more about that, go on YouTube, Ascension Presents, and check out Father Mike Schmidt's Praying Through Holy Week. On Holy Saturday, I want to encourage you to pray with um, Jesus' death and descent into hell. Um, and specifically um, the ministry he did in in Sheol to the holy souls, to Joseph and to Abraham and to Jacob and to all the holy people, holy men and women who preceded him um, and uh, and who were there waiting for him, how, how long they must have been waiting. Pray with Adam and Eve, right? Can you imagine how long they've been waiting? And maybe if they begin to give up hope, like, oh my gosh, is he really going to come through? I know in Genesis 3.15, God said that he was going to put enmity between um, Satan and the woman and that, that he kicked us out the garden to protect us from being next to the tree of eternal life and being eternally separated from him. But like, it's been so long. It's been so long. Is he really going to come through? Can you pray with them experiencing God face to face? He did come through. He did come back for them. He did fight for them. Um, And are you in a situation right now in your life where you're wondering, is God going to come through? It's been so long. It's been so long. I've been in dryness for 50 years now. I haven't seen any miracles lately. Like, is God going to come through and pray with that? Pray with those holy souls who are waiting there in Sheol for their Savior. And then, of course, on Easter Sunday, the sisters call it Miracle Sunday. Um, and so, again, I would encourage you on that day um, to focus on all the miracles that Jesus performed throughout his life and how they all were uh, leading up to this this great miracle of the resurrection. 
of death will not have the final sting. Um, Jesus Christ works the greatest of miracles. And he, if he could work those kind of miracles, then he's the same God today. So he could work miracles for us. So what seems really impossible right now in my life, in your life, and on Easter Sunday, focus on that and realize that there is nothing that is impossible for our God. So that's what I would encourage you to do, to pray with that. But you can do it however you want. But that's how I would pray a little bit different during the, the most holiest time of the year. All right, so we're going to take a quick break. So if you have any additional advice, um, then hit me up at askfatherjoshlessensionpress.com. Let me know. And when we come back from the break, we're going to get into our final question. If you're looking for a way to learn more about your Catholic faith, I invite you to check out the Ascension Presents YouTube channel. You're going to find tons of free videos featuring Catholic presenters like Matt Frad, Leah Darrow, Jackie and Bobby Angel, and Emily Wilson. Go to youtube.com slash Ascension Presents. That's youtube.com slash Ascension Presents. And if you like what you see, please share and subscribe. All right, and we're back. Just a quick reminder, you can send me your questions at AskFatherJosh at AscensionPress.com. If you're feeling fancy, record a voice note, send it to me as well. We can play it on a future show. And also, please rate and review us on iTunes and other podcast formats to help other people find out about the show. If the show is a gift for you, then potentially it can become a gift for them. All right, final question comes in from David or David. That's a that's a, a cool name, King David. Uh, that's another person to pray with. I've had some powerful experience praying with King David in the Old Testament. Uh, so David or David, or if this is Key and Peel, David, uh, David writes this, the aliens exist. And if they do, would they have souls? Okay, so David, so funny you asked this question. There's been maybe two other questions on this podcast that people have asked that I've like never, ever thought about in my entire life. Like legit, never. My mind just doesn't think that way. And I, I love superhero movies, but I've never honestly spent any time pondering this question, do aliens exist? Dum, dum, dum. I, you know, I honestly, I don't know. And so there's two ways I can answer your question. There's an easy way I can answer it that I'm going to do first. And then there's this speculative theological way, which I'm going to go ahead and do. I'm going to go there. I'm going to jump in that water. And this is the water that can get me to be claimed by society as a heretic. And so I just want to preface all this by saying that Holy Mother Church, I am a son of the church. And if the church ever wants to come out and say, Father Josh, you are wrong. I surrender to the church's teaching, to the church's wisdom. I do not know the answer to this. So I'm throwing it out there that I'm about to speculate with you. What you're about to hear is me speculating um, the answer to this question, a potential theory. But I do not know. All I know is that the church, the Catholic church, here's what I do know, does not have an official teaching on the existence of life beyond the planet Mother Earth. That is is true. The church does not have a specific teaching. Um, and so uh, whether or not intelligent life exists on other planets, and those to say intelligent life, not just like life forms, but like intelligent life, um, you know what? Um, that's more of a scientific question. And so theologically, I can only speculate. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and do that. I'm going to go ahead and speculate. And so this might get me into trouble. But if it does, I go ahead and I surrender right now. I submit and I will on a future episode come back and repent if that which I'm saying is not, is not right. So here's me speculating. Here's how a little, a little theologian like me speculates about this question. The aliens exist. Um, maybe. Yeah, may potentially. Uh, and if they do have souls, right, then I would say that they could only have souls if they were rational, rational beings, right, who have intellect and free will. 
Um, and so that would mean like they're humans because like animals don't have souls per se as humans have souls, right? Everything has philosophical souls, right? That's how something exists. Um, but humans have an infused soul. Like we have something different than than um, what animals have. And so if aliens were on other planets, then we would probably consider them to be aliens the same way I'm an alien to another country. Like if I go to Africa, I'm an alien. If I go to Asia, I'm an alien because I'm from North America. I'm from a different continent, from a different place. And so I would be um, an alien to that 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 culture, right? Um, I'm from a different place. Uh, so if there are people out there in space who exist, um, then that's the term alien, right? Even if they look a little bit different than us, like we all look a little bit different than each other, right? I'm I'm biracial. My mom's white. My dad's black. My dad looks a little bit different from my mom because he's black and he's a man and she's white and she's a woman. I'm I'm mixed. I'm black and white, right? So I look a little bit different than both of them, right? And so we all look different from each other. So they could even look different if they're from another planet. Now here's the deal, though. Um, if they did exist, we would have to propose, I believe, that they still came from our first two parents, Adam and Eve, who science tells us came from Africa. So shout out to uh, Wakanda, Wakanda forever. So I really believe that Wakanda exists and that the Garden of Eden was in a place called the Diocese of Wakanda. That's where Adam and Eve are from. And so our first parents were definitely from Wakanda. Um, I'm joking, but seriously, that scientists say that the first two people, right, it comes back a man and a woman from Africa. And so somewhere in Africa, Adam and Eve were, were there, right, in the motherland. And because of their sin, we have all we have all received what's called original sin. Every single one of us, every single one of us have received original sin. So if there are people in the universe on other planets, then I would propose just like we ended up all over the world, we're in Asia, in Africa, in Europe, in North America, in South America, um, all over the place, um, I would also propose that somehow those people um, that are sons and daughters of Adam and Eve ended up in another place in the universe somehow, right? It's possible, right? If, if well, anything's possible. So because uh, Jesus would have to save them too, right? They would have to be redeemed as well. If they're people who um, are people, then they came from Adam and Eve, right? And if they came from Adam and Eve, they have original sin, therefore they need the sacraments. They need to be baptized. Um, the sacraments would be a gift for them. And so if they came here, then if they were rational creatures, we would propose they have a soul. Therefore, we would have to sacramentalize them and and discover with them how they ended up there and we ended up here. Um, so, yes, it's possible that aliens do exist. Um, if they do exist and they're rational creatures like you and I are rational creatures, then we would propose they have a soul. If they have a soul, it means that they came from mommy and daddy, Adam and Eve, like us, and they um, should be... Um, at least invited to the sacramental life of the church. They need a savior too. Jesus is their God too. Um, but remember, God's God. God can create, he created everything. He created the planets. And so God can do, he can do, God walked on water. Jesus was born of a virgin. God raised the dead. Jesus Christ himself came back from death to life. Um, the blind see, I've seen, like saints have, Padre Pia, the stigmata, like the Eucharist, there's Eucharistic miracles. There's saints whose bodies are incorruptible. St. Josephine Bikita's body never decayed. Okay? Crazy stuff has happened. So I'm open to even crazier stuff happening. I never thought I'd say that, but I am, because I've never thought about that question until now. So thank you, David, because you've given me a lot of material to pray with. So I hopefully answered your question um, with um, just some food for thought. But again, this is my speculative theology. And if I'm wrong in anything I said, I repent, I surrender, and I will acknowledge it on a future show. So that's today's questions for today's show. I'm going to pray for y'all that you have a holy, holy, holy week, 
Holy, holy, holy week with the Lord. So here are some universal points. Uh, first thing about the last question, there are certain topics that we can only speculate on because we just don't know. And it's, I think the best thing that we can sometimes say is, I don't know. Uh, but we can, always, we can always wonder. We can always dream, right? When it comes to Holy Week, uh, I would encourage you to, to follow up with Father Mike Schmitz on his YouTube video about praying through Holy Week on Ascension Presents channel. And when it comes to anger, discern by the fruits. If it's righteous anger, it's going to lead to conversion. If it's unrighteous anger, it's going to lead to division. And that's typically with most things in our life. So let's go ahead and pray today um, for each other that we can, even if we haven't been faithful to our Lenten penances perfectly so far, that we can make a resolve today to to continue walking with Jesus. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord, thank you for, for loving us so, so, so much. Um, we repent for the ways in which we have not been faithful to you, um, but we ask that you give us an outpouring of your Spirit, because by your grace, we can do anything. By your grace, we can be radical disciples. By your grace, we can start over again and say yes to you, Jesus, today. We can say yes to your will today. We can say yes to becoming your saints today in this generation for our good, for the for the good of our community, for the sanctification of our world, and for the glory of God our Father. Lord, we just want to glorify you. And so we recognize that there are so many times in the day that we don't glorify you, and we say we're sorry for that. We're so sorry for that. But we do want to glorify you in our thoughts and the way that we think and the way that we dream and the way that we imagine. We want to glorify you in our words, the way that we speak, the way that we sing. We want to glorify you in our ears and that which we listen to throughout the day. We want to glorify you in our hands, the work that we do, in our feet, the places that we walk. We want to glorify you in every aspect of our body. Lord, we want to glorify you. Even in, what's coming to me right now um, is in, in fertility, Lord. If there's I, I perceive that the Holy Spirit is just putting this on my heart, and I might be wrong because I'm infallible, but I'm just going to go ahead and say, I think that this is what's coming on my heart right now from the Holy Spirit, Lord. So I'm just going to acknowledge it for the listeners that there might be some listeners right now who have given so much to God, and they've given so much to God with their trust, and they've given so much to God with their work and with their friendships and with their time and their prayer. But the one thing that they're holding back is their fertility. And so if that's if that's someone that's listening right now, then uh, I just want you to know that I am praying for you, and I, I, I don't get it. I don't understand what you're going through right now. Now, I don't understand your struggle, but I do know the Lord, and I do know that there's nothing that is impossible for God to do for you and for that which you're going through right now, whether it's an openness to life or, or, or an anger at God because of something that's happening with your fertility right now. I'm not sure exactly what's going on, but I just want to bless you, and I want to ask the Holy Spirit to overshadow you right now and invite you to lean into Jesus Christ so he can give you the grace to fulfill the demands of discipleship in your walk toward eternity, whoever you are this Holy Week season. And so right now, Lord, we just thank you for this time that you've given us to walk with each other and these unexpected graces that you continue to pour out that I have no idea why you do it with us, but you do, Lord, and you're a good Father. And so we praise you, we thank you, we bless you, and we just want to be faithful to you in imitation of the Virgin Mary. We want to be like her, Lord, because she was the only disciple who was with you from the beginning and remains with you today. And so, Lord, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, and give us the grace to, to, to show you our gratitude by our actions and our walk toward heaven and our walk toward becoming saints. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I can't wait to continue walking with you in this upcoming Easter season. And uh, let's, uh, let's struggle to become saints. God bless.